When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Morning Podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain Network of Podcasts. Remember, wherever you get your podcasts, all you have to do is search Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. We're halfway through the work week. Holiday weekend coming up for those in the United States of America with the 4th of July. Coming up, Independence Day. We'll talk about that on Friday, but still, it's Wednesday. And that means in the second half of this show, we dive headfirst into the mailbag. And we, my ride or die crew, I've said it a million times. I'll continue to say it. You all are the best. And you did not disappoint this week. Dog days of summer doesn't matter for the ride or die crew. They always come through when it comes to giving quality questions. And it's hysterical that some of these questions that you're going to hear in the second half of the show, it's kind of turned into like an Ask Jeff type format where people are asking me questions about baseball, questions about golf. I love it. I absolutely love it. So stay tuned. We're going to get you to that in the second half of the show. In the first half of the show, like I always start off with, though, it's news. If there's any news that somehow could pertain to the Steelers, I talked about Deshaun Watson's off-field issues. There's no news on that front as the hearings, the disciplinary hearings started on Tuesday with Deshaun Watson in the NFL. But there was news that does kind of relate to the Steelers, and that would be Terry McLaurin. 
I think I said that right. I think last time I called him like McLaughlin or something like, I don't know. I butcher names. You know this. I know this. We're fine. The Washington Commanders wide receiver got a three-year extension, which gives him up to $71 million in new money. A three-year extension. He now is one of the top five highest-paid wide receivers in the National Football League. So you're probably thinking, or maybe you're not, maybe you're smart enough to connect the dots, but I'm sure a lot of you are. You might be wondering, what does this have to do with the Steelers? This is an NFC East team, different conference, different division. Wow, what does this matter? Well, Deontay Johnson, you don't think he's looking at this and saying, oh my gosh, McLaren gets three years up to $71 million in new, do- new money? That's what I want. Now, the only difference is, is that with the Washington Commanders, McLaren was potentially going to hold out. I think he skipped all of mandatory minicamp, was not present. He was making it known that he was not going to show up until he got a deal that he felt he was worth, and they finally gave him that deal. I'm not sure if Deontay Johnson's going to go that route or not, and we will continue, not just my show, but every single show on Behind the Steel Curtains Network. We'll talk about whether or not the Steelers should or should not give Deontay Johnson an extension. I'm not saying he should get this extension, but an extension, that that's going to be a talking point up until training camp. If you ask me, I don't think that the Steelers do anything that's knee-jerk. They wait. I wouldn't be shocked if they just bide their time, see how he does in 2022, see what the asking price is, and if he leaves, he leaves. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that think Deontay Johnson is deserving of this contract, and that just comes down to which side of the fence you reside on. I don't want to spend too much time talking about contracts, numbers, all that stuff. What I wanted to, what I decided to do, I was thinking, and this all stems from an article on ESPN, where ESPN, they had all their 32 individual beat writers for every single NFL team give a surprise standout player from the team's minicamp. Now, the Steelers have been done with minicamp for weeks, uh, but there are some teams that did their full allotment of OTAs, they did their mandatory minicamp, and they're just now calling it quits as of last week. So they did 32 teams. Every team had one. But it wasn't just a standout player. It was a surprise standout player, a player that a lot of fans might not have actually thought, wow, like that guy was a standout. I never would have thought that. So I decided to go in a, a, a similar avenue, and that is five players who could shock Steelers fans in 2022. That's what I decided to do. The five Steeler players who could shock fans this upcoming season. Now, w- let's get one thing out of the way. When I say shock the fan base, then it's clearly not going to be a player that a lot of fans are expecting big things from. So you're not going to see TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick on this list. You're also not going to see someone like Pat Fryermuth on this list or Najee Harris. Why? Everyone is expecting big things from them. If they have a big season, we all hope that they do. No one's going to say, man, that that was shocking. I was so shocked that Pat Fryermuth took a next step, caught over 10 touchdowns, whatever the case may be in that particular stat line. No one is would be shocked with that. So they're not going to be on this list. So kind of out-of-the-box thinking, I'm, I'm trying to think about, okay, five players, and they're in no particular order, that could possibly shock the fan base this season. Again, this is in no particular order, but I'm going to start off with the player that Brooke Pryor, shockingly, of ESPN, 
This was her surprise standout for minicamp, and I have him on my list, and that is none other than rookie sixth-round draft pick out of Michigan State, Connor Hayward. The reason why I put Connor Hayward on this list, there are some fans of the Steelers who think that Connor Hayward is not a lock to make the 53-man roster. There are some fans that don't think he fits into any NFL offense. Some fans say he's the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, meaning he can do a lot of things okay, but he doesn't do anything well or great. And In the NFL, we're talking about the best of the best. That can be a problem. For all those reasons, his versatility, some look at it as a, see it as a negative. I see it as a positive. I see the ability to play H-back, fullback, even running back if you needed him, tight end. The more you can do, and let's not even talk about special teams because we know he's going to be called upon to do that if he makes the team. I think that Connor Hayward is going to surprise a lot of people this year, not only with the usage in Matt Canada's offense on special teams. He's already shown some flashes, and they mentioned the one-handed catch from Kenny Pickett in the two-minute drill in minicamp, and that's kind of what got everyone's attention. But I think Connor Hayward, for all those fans out there that think that this guy's not going to be any good, was only drafted because he's Cam's younger brother, I disagree. I think he's going to shock some people. The next is going to be at a similar position, and maybe this wouldn't shock you, the listener, but I'm sure that for some people, especially those people that kind of tune out in the offseason, the people that don't really pay attention to the Steelers after the draft and all the way up until training camp, they just kind of let things go. I'll see them when they get to Latrobe. For those people, I'm going to say Zach Gentry. The reason why is not only did Zach Gentry completely transform his body last season, he showed up and didn't look like a four-string quarterback from college that got trans, you know, moved to tight end in Michigan. I, I think he looks the part now. And I think the next question is not only can he look the part, but can he act the part? Something that I think it was Jeffrey Benedict spoke about when he talked about the tight ends in his Cutting Room Floor podcast. He had talked about how Zach Gentry, a lot of people want to compare him to Matt Spath. Matt Spath back in the Heath Miller era was a great blocker. Not so great from an offensive perspective in terms of catching the football, being utilized in the passing game. And Jeffrey Benedict said something that I agree 100% with, and that is that Zach Gentry provides more of an offensive threat than uh, Matt Spath ever did back in the Ken Wisenhunt era of Steelers offense. The Steelers offense can utilize a player like Zach Gentry, and I think that he is hes kind of brimming with potential at this point. I hate that word. You know that. But he is one of those players that you can just kind of see that where he is in his career. He's entering his fourth year, and he seems to have figured it out. I think a lot of us... We were so quick to write some players off, and I'm not saying I wrote off Zach Gentry. We hadn't seen much. He hardly played his rookie year. He gets hurt, his knee, tears up his knee in the second year. And then his third year, he shows up, and everyone's thinking, wow, the Steelers have a tight end too, and it's not named Eric Ebron. It's not Pat Fryermuth. The second tight end is Zach Gentry, and Fryermuth was the number one tight end after Ebron got hurt. Well, now everyone's talking about Zach Gentry. I think Zach Gentry is going to surprise a lot of people from an offensive standpoint this year. I think that he is a player that absolutely is going to turn some heads. 
See if Matt Canada can figure it out. That's a big question mark. That's a big if. But still, I have Zach Gentry as the second person on this list. Three more to go. Akello Witherspoon is next. Akello Witherspoon. You listen to our podcast. You read the articles at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Everyone says the same thing. Guy's a great cover corner. Don't ask him to tackle or be physical. Okay. If we're saying that on our podcast, if we're writing that in our articles, don't think for a second that Akella Witherspoon isn't seeing it and hearing it. And I'm not suggesting that he listens to our podcast or read the articles. What I'm saying is that if we are secondhand media source of Behind the Steel Curtain, if we are talking about it, then you know that the mainstream media outlet's talking about it. And that means there's a good chance that he, Akella Witherspoon, is also hearing about it. I think he's going to surprise some people with being a little bit more well-rounded. Am I expecting him to be, in terms of physicality, the next Mike Hilton? No, I'm not. At the same time, Mike Hilton's not the cover player that Akello Witherspoon is. Do I expect him to be a little bit more of a physical presence, not a Deion Sanders type? Yes, I do. I think he's going to surprise some people, and I also think that Akella Witherspoon is going to pick up where he left off last season. He led the, the Steelers in interceptions last year, and he did not play a whole lot. Uh, you know, there was that whole stint in the middle of the year where he wasn't practicing. Turns out he, is, he had just had a child, um, and so that's where he was, he was dealing with that and tending to that. I had to eat crow on that big time last year, come to think of it. But I think Akella Witherspoon is going to shock some people this year. I think he's going to come out. He's going to play well, and everyone's going to say, a two-year contract was a good deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. These last two are going to be very controversial. Very controversial. Connor Hayward's not controversial. Zach Gentry's not controversial. And even Akella Witherspoon's not controversial. But these two, well, they're going to be. And that is the first, Devin Bush. I have Devin Bush on this list when it comes to players that are going to shock the fan base. Devin Bush, everyone needs to take a step back. And they need to go back to his rookie year, the very end of the season, he's starting to kind of turn it on. You're starting to see some glimpses. And then you look in year two in 2020, man, he's flying all over the field before he gets injured. No one was saying bust, bum, horrible, wasted pick, shouldn't have traded up. No one was saying that in 2020 before the ACL tear. So I went back and I'm reading the, the book Palomalu by Jim Wexel. I've had Jim on the show. He's a, he's a great guest, great book. If you haven't read it, get it and read it. And I went back and I was reading a section of it again when Troy Palomalu was drafted by the Steelers in 2003. And it was all about how the Palomalu struggled. And he struggled to kind of grasp the concepts and what the Steelers wanted him to do. It wasn't until 2004 that it finally clicked. In a way, I feel like this is Devin Bush. Devin Bush has had the time, he's had the experience, but I feel like at this point, now, finally, entering 2022, he's going to be deemed with pretty much, he's finally healthy. I think that's really important to understand, really important to acknowledge that he's finally healthy. And you have people that question his heart and his competitiveness. I'm sorry, how do you know what that, that, that is not something that is tangible to you and I sitting in our, our living rooms or even it, at a stadium watching him live. We can't see that. So maybe he hesitates a slight second before he hits the hole and tries to fill and tries to make the tackle. 
That does not mean that he is scared. That does not mean that he is not competitive. That does not mean that he is not himself. He might not trust his knee. I understand that. This is one of those things where I think Devin Bush, if he's healthy, and I think he is, by all reports, he is healthy. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be motivated by not having that fifth-year option picked up, and he is going to want to show either the Steelers or the rest of the National Football League what he's capable of. Be on the lookout for Devin Bush. If that was controversial, this one's going to be even more. The last one, the fifth player that I have that's going to shock the Steelers fan base this offseason is Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to have a starting spot on the offensive line. You know, Mason Cole might win the center battle. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Kevin Dotson very well will win the left guard battle. Wouldn't be shocked at all. But you know what you can almost always count on in the NFL along the offensive line is that there's going to be an injury. You hope it's not a long-term injury. You hope it's not an ACL, a broken bone like Tyson Alawalu last year. You hope it's not that. But there's almost a guarantee that there's going to be an injury. You could go back to Kevin Dotson last year. I think he missed about four games or so, maybe even more, with a sprained ankle. And if that happens... If Dotson's the next guy in, I think he is going to... I'm sorry, Kevin Kendrick Green, not Dotson. If Green is the next man up, I think he's going to surprise some people, especially if he plays guard. This is a guy that played guard in college. He has more experience at that position than he does at center. And I think that he is with a year under his belt. And I, I just keep on going to the back to the fact that he went down and worked with, in Florida with Marquise Pouncey. He spoke with him. He talked with him. Marquise Pouncey is not just going to do that for anyone. And he saw something that he's like, I'm going to help this kid out. And he let's hope, it, let's hope it worked. But I think Kendrick Green, with a year under his belt, whether it's center, whether it's guard, is going to come into camp, and he's going to look like a different individual, a different player. He's going to come in with a little bit of a swagger. He's going to come in kind of knowing exactly what to expect. And if Kendrick Green is anything that resembles a competitor, He's going to come into camp and say, you all want to anoint this guy as the starter? Mason Cole, Kevin Dotson, you want to anoint them? Yeah, I. it's my job. It's my job. And so the Steelers, I think they're going to have an open competition, and I think he's going to turn some heads. So let's wrap this up. First half, five players. Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry. Akello Witherspoon, Devin Bush, and Kendrick Green. Thinking out of the box a little bit there, Ride or Die crew. Hope you enjoyed that. You'll also see that in an article on the website at some point this week. In the meantime, though, we'll be back in the second half with a very robust mailbag segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Steeler fan, second half of the show on Wednesday. It's mailbag time. You all did a great job. For those that want to know, how do I get Jeff to answer a question in the Wednesday Mailbag Podcast? It's really simple. If you have a Twitter account, fantastic. If you don't, you got to get one. I don't care if you just make up some name. doesn't matter. We have plenty of people that contribute to the mailbag every week that I think made up a name. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T, every Tuesday. Today, I was around 10 o'clock. Um, I put out the tweet. Hey, who has questions for the mailbag? All you have to do is respond to that tweet, and I will answer every single one. So let's dive in. Head first, as always, Brian Haynes asks a couple questions. If TJ Watt and Cam Hayward both had 15 sacks that make them first and second, respectively all time for the Steelers. Are you impressed that the Steelers don't just have one dominant force on defense, but many? Uh, I, I am impressed, Brian, that the Steelers do have more than one dominant force. It's going to make them more well-rounded. Do I wish that it would equate to more success? Yeah, I do. Uh, but I think the fact that the Steelers, they've always been known for pass rush. If TJ and Cam both can get, and both having 15 sacks is quite an accomplishment, but it could happen. It could happen, so we'll see, but that would be pretty cool. Brian asked another one. In your opinion, who is the best free agent acquisition in Pittsburgh Steelers history? This could go a lot of different ways. A lot of people are going to go with Kevin Green because he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, people. Some people get confused and think Jerome Bettis was a free agent. He wasn't. That was a trade. In my opinion, which is what you said, Brian, my favorite, I think the best, is James Ferrier. James Ferrier, coming from the New York Jets as a free agent, he was so good on the inside of those early 2000 defenses. That's my guy. Southside Doc, will the offense be explosive and fun to watch, or will it be a struggle at times like in recent years? I think that, for me, when I think about Matt Canada, I think this offense might come out of the gate slow. And that brings a whole new different layer to all of this and what I mean by that is that it might bring a layer to the quarterback let's say Mitch Trubisky starts and the offense is sluggish and it might just be that the offense is trying to find their groove do they make a switch do they go to someone else I don't know I do think the offense will slowly find its footing and once they start to believe that what they're doing is working they could actually make some plays. It could be more explosive. Trust me. I think it's going to be fun to watch, but it might be it might be a struggle at times, like you said. Brian asked another one. Hey, uh, who would be more fun to play 18 holes with, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger or Terry Bradshaw? It's Ben for me. Uh, I would love to play with Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's a good, he's a good golfer. Uh, I think he'd be a little bit more relaxed and be able to play 18 holes. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Terry Bradshaw, it's not my generation, so that's a pretty easy one for me. State of the Steelers. Hey, Jeff, longtime watcher of BTSC on YouTube, uh, new to all the podcasts. If the Steelers keep seven defensive linemen and six wide receivers, what position do the Steelers cut back? I could see them cutting back uh, running back. Uh, Sometimes they'll carry four. I could see them carrying three. Uh, I could even see them limiting the amount of uh, secondary players, mainly the cornerbacks. Uh, It's going to be tough. Inside linebacker, you have all those hybrid guys, the Marcus Allens, Miles Killebrew. Where do they fit? Robert Spillane. There are ways to trim the fat, so to speak, 
Uh, and that's my guess. If they're going to keep, keep six wide receivers and seven defensive linemen. Great question. And welcome aboard to the podcast. Now that you found us, not just on YouTube, Southside doc asked another one. The case has been made for Heinz Ward to be in the pro football hall of fame. What other Steelers do you think have a strong case to be in as well? Looking for more dark horse candidates. What's funny is that the guy that came to mind when I read this question come through was the same guy I just got done talking about, James Ferrier. Yeah, that would be a dark horse candidate for me. I think that he's a player that is, he's got accolades, two-time Super Bowl champion. He was a, I think at least, if not a runner-up, he was at least third in defensive player of the year voting, I want to say in 2004. He was so good for the Steelers, and for so long, too. I would love to see him at least get a little bit of recognition. He doesn't. I'm not shocked, but that's my dark horse candidate is James Ferrier, or the guy, as they called him back in the day, Potsy. Brian said, who would you rather be able to sit and pick their brain, Coach Tomlin or Coach Cower? That's a little bit more difficult. When you asked me the Ben and Bradshaw question, that was easy. This one's different. You know, after watching the Pivot podcast with Tomlin, I'd love to sit down and talk with him. But, man, Coach Cower is my guy. I was back home in Wheeling not too long ago, and I was talking to my dad about the Steelers, and he brought up Chuck Nolan. And, well, that was before my time. I said, you you became a fan and grew up with the Chuck Nolan era. I grew up and became a fan with the, the Bill Cowher era, the, the, the chin, the one for the thumb era. Like that's That was my childhood. So I'd actually almost want to talk to Coach Cowher and talk to him about some of those great defenses. I'll take Coach Cowher in that one. That's just to be able to sit down and pick their brain. Plus, after the Pivot podcast, I feel like I kind of got to do that with Tomlin anyways, even though I wasn't asking the questions. Cheeseball10, who are your favorite slash least favorite commentators? Oh, my gosh. Example, like Romo and Nance, which station is the best to watch football on? All right, so a couple questions here. My favorite and least favorite commentators. I love Jim Nance. Okay, I love Jim Nance. I think Jim Nance is great. I love him in in golf. I love him in basketball, and I love him in football. Jim Nance is my favorite. But in terms of color commentary, Tony Romo was cool the first year he did it, and then after that it got really old really quick. I'd rather watch the Manning cast than I would anyone you know that's doing a lot of this stuff. Greg Olson's not bad. He really is not bad. So give me Jim Nance and Greg Olson. I think that's a really, really good group. In terms of which station, I'm a CBS guy because the Steelers are an AFC team that's obviously CBS-driven. I, I don't like the graphics on Fox. Uh, Monday Night Football is a joke. Uh, Sunday Night Football is not bad. That's NBC. That's only one game a week. Give me, and I, you know, I don't know what to think about Amazon. Amazon's having a game this year. I'm not sure what to think about that on Thursday nights. Give me CBS. Give me Robo. And uh, I, I think Greg Olson would be great. That would be a great group. Okay, Tank asked us a bunch of questions. Let's go through these. If you had to interview one player after a bonehead play, would it be Claypool after the first down finger point or Lima Sweet after dropping every ball thrown his way? <laughs> one comes to mind that you didn't even mention, and that was Rosie Nix's first down signal when he wasn't even close. I think that was against the Patriots. But um, I would say if I had to interview one player, I'm going to say Claypool. 
that was such a big moment. You know, the two-minute drill. And Lima Swede, was, he was bad for a long time. Tank continues. Which would you rather watch, The Office or Friends on repeat? Easy, The Office. If you want to give me competition for The Office, it's Seinfeld. I'm not a Friends guy. I think it's funny. I didn't watch it as much as I did the other shows. Give me The Office, though. No doubt about it. Favorite backup safety, Tyrone Carter or Jordan Dangerfield? Tyrone Carter played more. I thought he had more meaningful snaps. I'm going to take Tyrone Carter in that in the, that battle there. Okay, Tank asks again. Two more. Milkshakes or bra- milkshakes or brownies and cookies if you could have every day without gaining a pound? Oh, that's tough. Um, I'll actually go with cookies. I'll go with cookies. I, I love a good cookie. Uh, I don't know what it is. My kids love to make cookies. And so, yeah, you know, you live a life. You, you, can, you only live it once. Might as well enjoy a cookie from time to time. So that's what I would choose, the cookie. Last one from Tank. Do you miss the trick plays between the 40s, i.e. the wide receiver pass or the halfback pass? I honestly do. I really, really do. And and I mentioned the book Palomalu. And as I went back to look for something about the, the, the quotes and kind of get a feel for Troy Palomalu's rookie year, I was reading about you know, Jerome Bettis throwing touchdowns. And I remember several passes from the bus. Uh, we all remember the 05 season when Antoine Randall had many big passes and plays. People forget that it was in 2002. That was the wild card win against the Cleveland Browns at Heinz field in the snow, Kelly Holcomb, Dennis Northcutt, Tommy Maddox, Chris Sumatuma follow on the draw, the two point conversion. This would be a great trivia question. I might have to ask this on Thursday night. The trivia question is after Chris Sumatuma follow after he scored that draw to give him the go ahead, they, they were now in the lead. They went for two to try to extend the lead to three. What was the play? How did it work? It was a reverse to Antoine Randwell pass to Jeremy Tooman. Good. Two points are good. So I do miss those plays. They're fun, but we saw the Steelers try to run a flea flicker last year, and that looked like, I don't know, it looked like my middle schoolers trying to run a flea flicker. It just was awful. So in that regard, maybe they shouldn't do it until they're good enough to do it. Matt D., he asks, why am I not hearing enough about Highsmith being the key for the defense this year? If he can produce, I think he can be the X factor. I've talked about Alex Highsmith on this podcast, not solely, but I have talked about him, talked about him, uh, I think it was on Monday with the TJ Watt. How if, if TJ Watt's going to lose some sacks, someone else has to pick him up. And I think that's got to be Highsmith. And Highsmith just got married this uh, last weekend, I think. And so hopefully that you know, maybe that's going to help him. I don't know. Uh, I can't say that it, it, it's going to hurt, but we'll see. I think Alex Highsmith definitely needs to step up his game. If he can draw some attention, it's only going to help the defense. Great point. Thank you for the question, Matt. Eric asked, do you think the Buccos, the Pittsburgh Pirates question, will become relevant again within the next few years now that we have talented baby Buccos? Something I've been saying on Twitter. I'm not alone. The Baby Buckos, the O'Neill Cruises of the world, you know, the Key Brian Hayes. Uh, there's some really good young, talented players that are coming up to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they're playing them. And they're like, hey, we're going to lose some games, and this year's going to be rough in terms of win-loss, but we're going to get experience, and we're going to be better off for it. I could see them being relevant again within the next three years if they can keep everyone, not trade them away, and make some wise free agent acquisitions. That's what it's going to take. Am I a believer that that's going to happen? 
Probably not. <laughs> so there you go. Southside Doc asked the continued improvement of TJ Watt is something to note. I did that just enough, just on Monday. Why don't we see similar gains in other players? What makes him different? Uh, and TJ Watt and, and Brian Haynes actually commented on this and said he's from another planet. That was a Mike Tomlin quote. I think that TJ Watt, because of his brother JJ, has been given a, a front row seat at what it looks like to be not only unbelievably prepared, but to be determined and to understand what it takes to be good and to continue to get better. TJ Watt, when he came to the league in 2017, go back and just look at a picture. Just go back and just find a, a stock photo. It could be a game photo, doesn't matter, of TJ Watt in 2017. And now look at him now. The dude has probably put on close to 20 pounds of muscle. He is, I mean, he, he is now built into that outside linebacker mold. He has the build. He didn't have that necessarily in 2017. He's putting it all together. And it's coming at the right time, so I'm glad. So uh, that he's just he's from a different planet. Best way to put it. Paul says, Jeff, love your show. Thank you very much. He uses hashtag Ride or Die Crew. I agree with your defensive line room selections, and I also hope the Steelers keep seven. Who are you keeping in the linebacker room if the season started today? I'm assuming you're talking inside linebackers, so that's what I'll focus on. First, we go with the two that we're expecting to start, Miles Jack, Devin Bush, obvious selections. I'm keeping Buddy Johnson because I have high hopes for him. And then you get into the Robert Spillane. You know, the, is he going to make it? Marcus, Marcus Allen, is he going to make it? UG3, is he going to make it? I don't know. You know, Mark Robinson's another name. I would go with four. I'd say we know the two, Jack and Bush. I'm keeping Buddy Johnson. And I'm probably going to keep, maybe I'll keep five, and I would keep the the better special teamer between UG3 and Robinson, and I'd probably go with Spillane as another backup. But that's probably what I would end up doing. Good question. It's going to be tough. Johnny Bravo, what year will the Pirates have their next winning season? It finally feels like they're building something, but are probably a ways away. So another Pirate question, and I'm fine with answering these. I would say that if there's a year they have their next winning season, Give me 2024. 2024 would be their next winning season. When they contend, it's going to take maybe a little bit longer. But I, if, they, if you have a winning record in baseball, you could you could make something happen. We'll see. But uh, it's, it's going to take some time. It's exciting, but it's going to take some time. Zach Farnsworth. How do you think the new guy on the defensive line will contribute? He's talking about Larry. Do you see him taking snaps from someone like Montrevious Adams? Well, Montrevious Adams is a nose tackle and Larry Ogunjabi is a defensive tackle or defensive end, however you want to call it, in the 3-4 scheme. I don't think he's going to take snaps away from Adams, so to speak. I think, if anything, he takes snaps away from probably someone like Chris Wormley, Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, players like that, DeMarvin Leal even. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be Montrevious Adams. He just doesn't play nose tackle. Aiden Blaine, in wake of the Mike Tomlin interview on the Pivot podcast, if you landed an interview with Coach himself, what three questions would you ask him? Okay, so i am just got to go off the top of my head because I would not preview these questions. So I'm going to ask Mike Tomlin about his interview. I, I want to know how prepared was he? What, what did you have, Coach? Like, If I'm asking, if you, if you are the listeners, you're the Coach Tomlin. Coach, when you came into that interview, it was not expected that you were going to get the job. So what did you do? You obviously were prepared. What did you do that was so special, so unique, that caught the Rooney's attention, that they said no to Russ Graham, no to Ken Wisenhunt, and chose you? That would be the first question. Second question would be, 
What motivates him more? The lost Super Bowl? Or would it be the fact that he's won a Super Bowl? What motivates him more? I would love to see what make that makes that guy tick internally. The third question, I would ask him about being a father. I would ask him about being a father and having three kids and doing the job that he does. Does he feel like he missed anything? Does he live with regret? Does he go back and wonder what if? What did I miss? Is that a part of coaching that he doesn't like? Those are the three questions that I would ask. I think it'd be pretty good answers too because I think Mike Tom would actually open up a little bit. Lori says, when you described Pickett, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing as I read this. When you described Pickett as a frat guy, what exactly do you mean? As you know, I'm not American. I did know that about Lori. So that concept is a bit alien to me, apart from what I've watched in the films. And sometimes those stereotypes are not exactly portrayed in a positive way. So how would you define a frat guy? Good question, Lori. Well, frat guys can be a bunch of different things. Uh, a frat guy is typically someone who likes to party. They love to have a good time. Uh, they definitely have a very easygoing, laid-back persona. Uh, sometimes frat guys can be uh, construed as not caring about anything, and they just kind of like, yeah, man, whatever, I'm here for it. Um, they definitely they, they kind of cling to certain things, movies, like Wedding Crashers, Old School, Animal House, uh, those are typical frat boy type movies. And I can say this, I was in a fraternity, people, okay? I was in a social fraternity. Uh, I was a president for two years of that fraternity. Uh, yeah, I know what frat guys are. So if everyone's out there like, oh, Jeff, what does Jeff know about it? Yeah, I know about it, okay? So uh, very much in agree. This is not a negative. It's just, a, it's kind of the way he carries himself. He just doesn't seem to take much serious. I'm sure he does when he's on the football field, but off of the field, he just seems like he's just a low-key kind of guy. I just watched him on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. If you haven't seen that segment, check it out. And it very much follows the protocol. He's definitely going to a Kenny Chesney concert, had to leave early, things were getting out of control. That's frat guy. That's a frat guy. Hopefully I answered that okay for you, Lori. Lincoln Henry says, hopefully I'm not too late. You're not. I have two questions. My buddy and I recently got into golf. Yes, good. I'm happy for you. I know you love the game. Any pointers for someone just getting into it? Also, do you have any Steelers golf accessories? Okay, golf accessories, I have one, and that is a ball marker. It's one of those poker chips. Steeler, the little Steeler emblem can actually be popped out if I need to use a smaller ball marker. That's it. I just don't, I don't mix golf and Steelers much at all. Um, other than that, any tips for anyone that's beginning is if you know someone that knows the game that's willing to help you and teach you things like how to hold the club properly, a good grip, whether it's interlock, overlap, um, just the basics, then you're good. Just have them work with you. Go to the driving range, work on your game, and still don't don't even worry about going golfing on an actual course until you can actually hit the ball consistently in the same direction. It might be really far wide right, but in the same direction. Uh, and then you can fix it from there. But other than that, you just have to, it's, it's a, it's a labor of love. Golf is, you cannot play once in a blue moon and expect to be good. You cannot just hack your way around the course. It just depends on your expectations too. If you want to be a good golfer, you're gonna have to work at it. If you just want to go out and have some fun, just go out and have some fun. I'm going to tell you what my dad always said though. If you're going to play bad, that's fine, but play bad fast. Don't slow up the course. Nothing frustrates me more than people that slow up the course. So there you go. Hope that answered your question. Zach Bauer, he asked, have, how, how have some of the free agent signings been in performing 
at OTAs, etc. Haven't heard much about Gunnero, DeMonte, KZ, and Miles Boykin, any of them standing out more than the others. Well, I did see that Miles Boykin was held out of a good bit of OTAs, especially minicamp with, I think it was just a hamstring, hamstring tightness, nothing serious, but you don't want to re-aggravate that. Uh, Gunner O, I did hear about him having a pretty good relationship with Mitch Trubisky, so something to note there, but he that, that's on offense. That's not, that's not special teams. KZ is still trying to get his footing, and I, I don't know how the Steelers are using him right now, but everything that you heard from the defensive backs and the coaching staff is that he looks to be the veteran that they signed. So from those three that you mentioned, uh, it looks fine. I mean, Miles Boykin was a little banged up, but other than that, he looks fine. Good question. Daily Joint Company says, hey, Jeff, how are you feeling about the Larry Ogunjabi signing? Thank you for the pronunciation as you spelled that in the tweet. Now that the money has come out, also what position group do you have the most confidence in as we sit here today? So if I'm going to say um, what I feel about the signing, it's a good move. I thought it was a good move. I talked about that before. And what position group am I most confident in? I'm probably going to go with the defensive line. And that sounds crazy. You add Larry to that group. You still have Cam Hayward. You still have you know all the others that we've talked about ad nauseum. It's a very deep group. I think it's a very talented group. I think it's going to be much better, but I'm going to go with the most confidence defensive line. I That sounds crazy, but uh, trust me here. If I were to take a second one, it'd probably be safety. Second one would probably be safety. All right, last question here from Brad. Hiya, Jeff. For the record, it's Larry Ogunjobi. Thank you, people. I, I struggle. They said, hope you're not an English teacher. I'm not. I'm a physical education teacher, all right? Get it right. Pay the price. Hopefully you all got that joke. Anyway, in your opinion, who is the best coach not named Tomlin in the league? I don't accept Belichick. Thanks. Best coach. That's tough. I think it depends on what you look for in a coach. Uh, For me, I like a guy that's a good leader. He is excitable. He's not afraid to to show his emotion. Um, But if I'm still looking at a coach and thinking, man, this guy's done it, he's done it in a multitude of places and a multitude of ways, I'm going to go with Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a good coach. Everyone's going to think like, oh, Sean McVay. It's Sean McVay. No, Andy Reid is a good coach. So I'll go with. Go with Andy Reid. All right, good questions. Great questions. Went a little long. Hope you don't mind. I know I didn't. It was a lot of fun. Look, I'll be back on Friday. Jerome, Jeremy Betts of the All Bets Are Off segment will be back as well. We'll be talking about all things Steelers. Will there be news? I don't know. Check it out. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Folks, be safe. Be kind. God bless. I'm fine and good to you. My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. Sipping coffee, burning all till the morning light. My switch is never turned off. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.